Hello and welcome to the Inspire Group podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Lisa King. Lisa is the founder of Eat My Lunch, one of New Zealand's most successful for-profit social businesses on a mission to ensure no child goes to school hungry. Lisa believes that business should be used as a force for good and can drive significant social change. Using an innovative model, Eat My Lunch has shown you can do well and do good at the same time. Lisa was one of three finalists for New Zealander of the Year in 2019, acknowledging not just her desire to address the issue of kids going to school hungry, but using her passion, creativity, and commercial expertise to make it a reality. To date, Eat My Lunch has given over 1.5 million lunches in just four years, and is an innovative and successful model that is sustainably transforming the lives of Kiwi kids. Lisa, welcome. Great to have you here with me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's also Noodle, saying <laughs> yes, Noodle is um, <laughs> joining in. Fantastic. Um, I think it would be fair to say that since we last talked, there's been some fairly significant changes in the world. So um, I'm interested first and foremost in just hearing how you and the Eat My Lunch team have been doing through this uh, incredibly interesting period of, of the last two months or so. Yeah, it's um, yeah, obviously something that no one could have anticipated or prepared for. And um, for us, it was hugely significant because all our revenue model came from selling lunches mm. to corporates. And when we started seeing, you know, as we we're kind of entering into level three, people working from home, um, you know, businesses closing, our revenue basically, you know, dropped 90% within four days um and you know we can get lunches out to big corporates or events or functions anymore and so i think um yeah we had to think very quickly mm. around how we could adapt and leverage our strengths um in that changing environment and probably you know the business it operates with two parts of it one is the commercial side so selling lunches to customers and then there's also our social side which is ensuring that kids don't go hungry and you know we also had this looming issue of schools closing mm. and it was like how are we gonna get food to you know the 2,000 odd kids that we we're feeding every day as well so I guess for us you know it was a kind of double problem um, and quite a complex um or complicated one for us to solve quite quickly absolutely and like you say having having the commercial and the social elements of your business so interlinked and so interdependent mm. would have created not just the challenge of of trying to adjust to a very different commercial landscape but also how do you retain that that important social purpose that you know has been your mission as an organization for for such a, a long period of time so tell me how you went about that process of of adjusting what what were some of the things that you you put into into practice well i think the first thing is um you know eat my lunch was set up with this kind of big social purpose and even through you know what we saw was going to be a very challenging um, environment we didn't want to let go of that purpose mm -hmm. and for us it was always about finding whatever way possible to ensure that we kept to our mission um, and i think that kind of drove us to look at things really differently from the commercial side as well as well as the social side because we're like you know when you're just committed 
um, and there's, you know, thousands of children who need you. You can't just go, look, we're just going to close down for lockdown and um, deal with it. And, and that would have been the much easier thing for us to do. Um, so I think it really kind of challenged us to think of innovative and different solutions and things that we hadn't thought about before. Um, so on the commercial side, we kind of went, well, what are we really good at? Mm. You know, and what Eat My Lunch is actually really good at is logistics and supply chain. So we've spent years and years, um, you know, investing in our logistics and courier systems. Um, we've got our own courier fleet. You know, we make thousands of deliveries every day and, mm. you know, that it's quite complex. Um, and we're also very good at sourcing fresh food. And so moving into that lockdown period, we're like, well, what are people going to need? And they're going to need groceries delivered to their doors. And we saw, you know, the panic buying, everyone stocking up, people trying to get online delivery slots and not being able to do that. And so literally within a week, we were able to change our offering from corporate lunches to fresh groceries delivered to people's homes. And, um, you know, fresh items like fruit and vegetables, bread, that's kind of stuff you can't really stock up on. Um, so leveraging really kind of our core strengths and also I think leveraging the fact that we are a small business. Mm. You know, we're very adaptable. Decisions are made pretty much straight away. We can kind of go, right, this is what we're doing. Okay, it's up in the web on the website in two days. Um, uh, at the same time, you know, we've got foodstuffs as one of our key investors. And so being able to leverage off their strengths in terms of helping us source some of those um, ingredients and, um, you know, help us with some of the operational processes, mm. like getting face masks. <laughs> I don't know if you remember at the start of it, no one could get face masks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, you know, kind of, they've got a really great health and safety team. So leveraging them to help us implement all of the new health and safety standards that were required. So I think, you know, in terms of um, leveraging kind of like the best of both worlds, being mm. a small, flexible, adaptable, agile business, but also having the support of a big um, co company like Foodstuffs, we were able to do what we could do in that very short period of time. Um, and then the other thing we, with the social side, you know, we're like, well, kids aren't at school. Mm. How are we going to get food to them? Um, and again, we're like, well, we're really good at logistics and we're really good at delivering. And now we're going to start delivering to people's homes could we deliver food to the kids' homes? Now, as a cost model, it's really expensive to do individual. So, you know, you're talking 2,000, 2,500 home deliveries versus 77 wow. drop-offs to schools. Yeah. Um, so the cost model that we previously had didn't work. So there was a cost funding issue. Um, logistically, we were like, we think we can make this work but how are we actually going to fund it? And um, again, with the support of someone like Foodstuffs, um, they supported us by covering some of those costs. And then we also went out to the public and did a little fundraising on Give a Little and raised another $90,000. Mm. And so for that period of lockdown, we were able to deliver 10,500 um, weekly 
like lunch packs to kids at home with ingredients that they could make their own lunches wow. for the week themselves. And actually now when now we're kind of out of that and kids are back mm. at school, what it actually showed us was that that's a much better model. Right. The, the impact, the feedback we were getting, like kids are learning to make food. Um, you know, they were experimenting and getting creative and learning that kind of independence and self-sufficiency. So that educational element around food, we couldn't do in schools where we're now able to do in homes. So it's kind of opened our eyes a little bit to actually what we thought was really hard. Um, <laughs> it's probably actually the best outcome for the kids. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, it's like, well, how do we continue to do what's best for the kids and what's going to have the most positive impact? Um, but then also, you know, there's, there is that commercial reality of, mm. right, we're, we've got through that period. We need to make sure we're still adapting and changing to whatever is coming because I don't yeah. think anyone can say what's going to happen <laughs> in the next few months. Absolutely. That, that's fascinating. I mean, you touched on something there that's a that's a really interesting theme that i'm hearing a lot at the moment in in our industry which is around change sometimes imposed change driving real innovation and it's interesting to hear that you leveraged the agility of being a small organization whilst leveraging the relationships from from larger organizations to ensure that you could quickly adapt and and build a model that was going to serve you through through that period mm. but equally some of the lessons learned through through that time um thinking about how you can implement and standardize those as you move forward so fascinating stuff what what would you say i mean apart from the obvious challenges of having to essentially change your entire business model within a week what, what are some of the other challenges that you faced as as an owner of a business in the last few weeks and, and how have you overcome some of those well, I think it was quite a scary time for everyone and particularly because we were an essential service and we were operating during, you know, level four and mm. level three. And we were asking our team to come in um, when everyone else was at home. Mm. So I think ensuring, you know, the health and safety of our team was always paramount and on quite a different level to, I think, what, um, well, you know, I have ever experienced because um, it is their physical health and safety, as well as, you know, ensuring that they felt safe coming to work. Um, so that level of, you know, implementation of those procedures and processes mm -hmm. and making sure that everyone was so committed to that um, was, you know, quite a big challenge. And I think, you know, my team's amazing and we've got a really, uh, we had a new general manager who'd only been with us for a few months when this happened. And one of the reasons why we hired her is because she's just such a great leader. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just having those daily huddles with everyone. Um, we actually made everyone sign a commitment form around, um, you know, what they were doing outside of work as well as inside of work. Um, Cause I think, you know, when, it's sometimes easy to leave work and not link that what you do and your personal life has a huge impact. And obviously through that lockdown period, you know, staying within their bubbles and making sure that they were constantly thinking about the safety of their work colleagues as well. 
So um, I think, you know, having a really strong leader um, who's able to communicate and also, yeah, she was really great in terms of leading by example that she actually gave up um, seeing anyone and she isolated herself for the six weeks to ensure that, you know, that, again, she was showing the team, yeah. you know, this is what we expect. And so I think, yeah, that leadership by example is really important. And I was going in there as well um, during those times. So it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like we're just asking you guys to do all of this and sacrifice and you know, the um, exec team weren't willing to do the same thing. Mm. But, um, and I think just constantly reinforcing what our purpose is, you know, the reason why we decided to keep open during lockdown, the reason why we changed our product offering so quickly, um, that we had to change the procedures and the ways that we were doing things and constantly communicating, actually, we have to do this if we want to keep feeding kids, if we want to keep all of our staff employed through that period. Fantastic. That that's really interesting. And I was going to ask you about leadership because, um, as you know, it's a big part of what we focus on uh, in terms of how we we engage with with organisations and um, and individuals and teams within them. It's almost an unprecedented situation that we've we've faced, and I know that word has almost become overused now. Unprecedented, um, <laughs> but for for leaders, particularly challenging. Um, thinking how they need to adapt and what kind of behaviours and attitudes they need to demonstrate in order to support their people um, through a context that is very unfamiliar. And aside from what you've shared there about having a, a general manager who was a great role model, um, you know, very sort of committed and, and focusing people on the organisational purpose, what are some of the other things that you think from a leadership perspective have helped you to thrive through this period um, that others could also think about in terms of how their leaders work within their organizations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the ability to make decisions quickly mm. and um, you yeah, being very clear about what we were going to do and then doing it really fast. And I think it is one of the key values of Eat My Lunch. It's, you know, we're not about sitting around talking about it. We're actually about actions. Um, and I think, you know, the ability to make those decisions, act on it, there's no, you know, waiting around, let's see what's going to happen. Um, so I think, you know, that's really key. And then it sets a really clear direction for everyone in the team um, that this is what we're going to do. Um, so, and I think that's key regardless of what the situation is, but particularly in an, almost, it was almost an emergency, you know. Um, yeah to stay calm, make decisions really fast, um, you know, stay to the course. But again, showing our adaptability um, and kind of, you know, just getting in there and going, well, we can do this. I felt like um, we were almost back at the start. It right. felt like when we first launched Eat My Lunch from my home kitchen. Yeah. That kind of... We know what we need to do, but we're not 100% sure how we're all going to do it. But every day we're figuring it out. And, um, and, you know, like everyone, including myself, like we're working, you know, 14-hour days. And it was just all hands-on. There's just no ego. There's no hierarchy. I mean, we're just not that kind of organization anyway. But um, so I think that commitment from the top has to be not just talked about, but shown and felt by all of the um, team. Mm, absolutely. I, I love what you say around 
making those quick decisions um, because almost making them and thinking, well, it might not be the perfect solution. It might not be the perfect course of action, um, but committing to a course of action and um, committing to that quickly and early is is the best way to approach it from a leadership perspective. And I, and I think we've had um, some great examples of that yeah. from from government in New Zealand. Um, you know, I've certainly been very impressed with um, how we've dealt with with this um, in a global context. And I know that that's also been viewed from outside of New mm. Zealand as a, as a really powerful approach to, to dealing with the crisis. Um, and, I, and I love that whole idea of almost back to the startup mentality you know um, like you say removing the ego getting on with it and just focusing on what needs to be done which is which is a really powerful concept just interested in hearing a little bit more around how you continue to connect your people to the social purpose because that that can be a real challenge for for leaders and organizations at all levels but particularly when you're distanced from your people and mm. um when a crisis occurs and when people are faced with um, a lot of uncertainty and adversity, often you can find that, that people disconnect from that social purpose quite quickly um, because they're, you know, they're being overwhelmed by fear or uncertainty. What are some of the things you did to continue to connect your people to the core social purpose of Eat My Lunch so that you did retain that really strong organizational culture and vision? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that's different about Eat My Lunch is that we started with the purpose mm. and that is at the core and drives everything we do. So, you know, when we make decisions, it is always about remaining true to that purpose and to that mission. And so there isn't many, there aren't many things that we do that isn't about that. And I think the consistency in the decisions that we make and how we go about operating, um, you know, at every level that's demonstrated and has always been so strong mm. um, all the time. But I think, you know, the challenge as the team also gets bigger and, um, you know, there's so much to do and everyone's kind of stuck in there every day. And, and particularly, you know, through lockdown, it was just changing the entire way that we operate. Um, it does get harder to do that. And what we did was we actually, um, say so even just small things like you know we actually had to hire more people and so we hired um cabin crew that we let go from virgin you know we rented juicy rental vans to help us make the deliveries yeah. um you know we actually had some of the staff deliver to the kids in their homes and anytime we get any feedback and honestly the feedback's just been incredible you know we share that with the whole team so it is an, an individual um, effort and, you know, everyone gets to be a part of that. So I just think if you, if the purpose is the guideline mm. by which we operate and make decisions and live by, it's, um, it's not difficult to kind of make sure that we're connected and demonstrate that every day. Fantastic. That's great. What would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned in the last couple of months? Um, I think you get to your strengths and your weaknesses get exposed very mm. quickly. And, you know, we definitely learned what we were really good at. And, you know, we weren't, we're not a company that's about making lunches. Like, you know, we, we're a logistics supply chain business and that's mm. what we're really good at. 
um, I, you know, we're really good at being adaptable and we've shown that. It exposed a huge weakness for us. Um, so in terms of tech and online, um, our website crashed like just before Easter when right. we had a massive amount of orders. And so, um, you know, it just kind of exposed those weak points and you can't have your website crash if you're an online or e-commerce business. Um, so I think it really brought to the forefront the urgency around that and the lack of expertise and focus in that area. Um, and then also with all the competition coming online, mm. suddenly, you know, we're actually left behind in that. Um, it also probably, you know, showed us around things such as roles and responsibilities. Um, it's easy to get caught up in everything when there's a crisis. Um, and just being really clear on, you know, well, who's actually responsible for what and how do we bring people in and have clarity around that, um, even during a crisis. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think those, as we're moving forward, it, it's really helped us kind of learn about who we are as a business and how do we make sure that we continue leveraging our strengths, but then also how do we rectify some of those weaknesses? And um, and I think, you know, during a crisis as well, you're, or you want to do everything to make sure that you've got revenue coming in, that you can keep paying your people. Um, and now we're at this point where we're like, well, we can't keep doing everything. It's not feasible to do that moving forward. So what do we do? Mm. And it's helping us reevaluate kind of our longer term strategy. That's such a, a positive and productive way to to view two months of um, some some pretty hard lessons, I imagine, which is, you know, like you say, exposing some weaknesses that give us an opportunity to really develop and refine our, our strategy and improve in the areas that we, we know we need to improve in, but also reinforcing your identity because you, you're allowed to, to sort of see some of the areas in which you really excel. Um, and I think through adversity, you do, you do find a lot of those opportunities um, at an organizational level, at an individual level. Mm. You know, certain people rise to the task and yep. probably have an opportunity to demonstrate skills and capabilities that they wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to. So that, that's a really, a really positive way to look at it. Just a, an interesting point you made around competition there and, mm. and i know you have quite a um a level of expertise within marketing particularly within the fmcg space and i'm i'm interested to hear your thoughts or insights around how organizations can best market and sell products and services at this time because a, a lot of a lot of organizations that i talk to are feeling a certain sense of apprehension around how they engage with their customers, um, how they market their products and services effectively, what the messaging needs to look and feel like in order to not uh, be capitalizing on, on, on a negative situation, but to ensure that solvency and, and that they continue to, to, to sustain themselves as businesses. So what would some of your thinking be around that in terms of what organizations can do to best position themselves coming through the the other side of this crisis? I think what we've seen is that, um, you know, when businesses are forced to go online, the barriers to entry are really low. Um, you know, like we kind of got in there really early for the first couple of weeks delivering fresh groceries. And then, you know, two weeks later, kind of towards the end of lockdown, 
everyone was delivering groceries <laughs> to people's homes. Um, so you know the barrier the barriers are pretty low. I think what um, people need to decide is where they want to play, um, because New Zealand is small. You know you mm. can't have twenty online grocers. It just doesn't work. And um, and then if they want to play that, like why why should customers choose them? What's their main differentiator? For Eat My Lunch, it's always been about the giving and yeah. our social purpose and, you know, feeding kids on top of what we're doing. But even if you took that away and at a very commercial level, you know, we had to look pretty hard and go, well, with online groceries, you've got, you know, the two big supermarkets um, being able to service everywhere in New Zealand. You've got, you know, boutique, more kind of smaller grocers. Um, you've got meat companies, you know, everyone's kind of segmented that. Where do we play and how do we do it better than them? And um, and sometimes you have to go, actually, maybe that's not where we can best leverage our strengths or yeah. be differentiated enough. Um, so I think um, there's definitely, you can't just go in there offering the same thing as everyone else and expect that customers are going to choose you. Um, and the other thing is just with messaging, particularly in this time, I think, you know, being really authentic yeah. is even more important. Um, I think customers or consumers want to see a level of real care mm. and that this isn't just about making money and profiting off a crisis or a situation. Um, so I think, you know, you need to have any business right now, some kind of social license to be playing um, and to be really genuinely committed to that. It can't just be a, we've, we're donating, you know, a thousand bucks to this charity and we're done. Um, because, and the need is going to grow and grow um, mm -hmm. coming out of this and we're already seeing that. Um, and I think, yeah, the other thing for us, what we learned was partnerships are just so important. We can have got through the last, six, eight weeks um, without, you know, some of our major partners and um, our suppliers and kind of people coming together. And I think the more you can leverage and collaborate and work on that, um, again, it tells much better stories. It shows your willingness to um, do something for the greater good, not just for your bottom line. Fantastic. That's a great insight. And I think you're right. The the innovation is one thing that this this whole experience has catalyzed for a number of organisations. But but the collaborative nature and that that partnership nature of, of of approaching opportunities and challenges is is critical too. Um, thinking about the next three to six months, and it's it's hard to look beyond that. And and like you said before we still don't really know what's going to happen um you know in terms of of industry and and consumer trends and uh, business opportunities but what advice would you have for other small to medium business owners looking at the next three to six months in terms of how they navigate that uncertainty i think remain open to be flexible and adaptable mm -hmm because there really isn't anyone that can give us an answer right now of what that new normal might look like. So I think the ability to adapt is going to be, um, you know, even more paramount and key to survival through this time and constantly look at what people are needing. 
um, not just what you as a business needs to do, but actually provide a service and provide something of value to customers um, and adapt your business to their needs, not what your owner needs are. So I think if you can keep thinking about, you know, in the next few months, as people might start going back to work in offices, um, you know, adhering to social distancing or, mm. um, you know, maybe events are going to come back on or some of those, you know, health and safety measures that people are taking, where, where could your business actually add some value and make it easier for people? Fantastic. That's, no, that's great insights. Um, and just finally, because we're coming to the end of our, our time today, Lisa, but interested in, in, in just asking you what support you think organizations will need in the next three to six months that will really enable them to take advantage of, of some of those uh, components that, that you mentioned there. What sort of things do you think businesses will need? I think they need to be challenged to think differently. And, you know, when you can't just go back to doing the same things. Um, but I think they also need um, support to actually think about how you win in this map, yeah. in this kind of environment. That it isn't just about how to survive the next few weeks it's, or the next few months. It's actually how do you actually get to a point where you feel like whatever you have to offer, you're going to win in that segment, in that industry, and that's going to set your business you know, at a much better or stronger positioning than anyone else. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of that kind of consumer and customer focus and insight, you know, businesses aren't always very good at doing that, mm -hmm. um, thinking about what other people need. Um, and yeah, just getting some fresh perspective on, because this is, a, I think this is a really great time to reset your business. And, you know, you've been given an opportunity to almost, like I said, wipe the slate clean and go back mm -hmm. to the beginning. So if you were to do it all over again, um, what are some of those things that you would do differently? Um, and learning from each other. You know, there are some really great examples of businesses that have um, managed to pivot and adapt and, um, you know, like delivery or rental car companies turning into delivery mm. companies um you know and i think it's it's really great to see that kind of thinking that probably wouldn't have existed before absolutely so being open to those opportunities to be very agile and flexible like you say and um and collaborating and and looking to seek those insights and and be challenged on on your own thinking and your own approach um, mm which is which is really powerful lisa thank you that that pretty much brings us to to time for today um but thank you so much for sharing your insights and and wisdom i know that um those who are listening will get great value from from what you've shared so so thank you so you've been listening to the inspire group podcast we'll be back soon for another episode for you to enjoy in the meantime stay safe and stay healthy bye for now <laughs>